recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. If you're wondering who I am, my name is Andrew. I've been at Parramatta Christian Church for over 30 years now. Met my beautiful wife, Cheryl, here, our three precious little girls, Alicia, Rachel, and Bella. Um, if you missed who they were, they're on the couch, and they said that I'm talented at talking. I guess we'll find that out as this sermon goes on. Um, but it's a joy to be able to share God's word with you this morning. If you have your Bibles or your smart devices with you, uh, turn to Psalm 121. This is one of my favorite uh, scriptures. I have loved this for many, many years. Uh, as we do that, just want to front load a couple of things before we get underway. I feel like this psalm speaks to a lot of different people. Um, and I don't know where you're at this morning. And you might be aware, by the way, this is kind of the end of our ministry year. Next week is Vision Sunday. And so we're going to launch into a brand new year. I wonder if you think back, how has this year kind of gone for you? How has it been? Our theme for the year was forward, moving forward. And yet some of us probably think COVID, it's been in and out of lockdown and I haven't been able to work properly or go to school properly or whatever it may well be. And you think forward, that doesn't sound like anything I've done. For others of you, you might feel you've actually have gone forward in your walk with God. And that's, that's awesome if you have. I feel like for a lot of us, we can sometimes find ourselves in two different places. One is, I'm going to call it the why me group, the people that are just despondent with a sense of failure. You know, there's a sense that maybe life's passed them by a little bit, or maybe they're stuck in a rut. A lot of people come to Christianity having heard that life is going to be just super. It's going to be super easy. It's going to be just everything's going to work out. They were told that come to Jesus and everything's going to be simple. And they look at it and it's like, this isn't how life turned out for me at all. You know, my life has been problems and pain and disappointment. You know, I was told it would be like a get out of jail free card in Monopoly. And yet it's a go directly to jail. Do not pass go card instead. That's the why me group. I find there's also another group that's kind of like the, the it's me group. It's me. I've made it. I've nailed it. You know, maybe you might say God has given me talents. God has given me abilities. God has given me a job, a family, whatever it is. And I've found, you, you would probably never say it in these words, but you'll say, I have found security in these things. I have found strength and I'm founding that I'm putting my hope and my trust in these very things. Whether you're a why me sort of person or an it's me sort of person, this psalm really wants to shout at us this one thing. If things are all rosy, if we're aiming for like a, a really easy existence, pain-free existence and all that sort of thing, where's the room for faith? Where's the room for trusting in God? Where's the room for growing as an individual? And I think this psalm wants to really focus us and remind us just who's in control. We lose sight of who's in control with all that goes on around us and maybe our abilities or maybe our, our you know, we think life is all out of control or we think life is under our control. And this psalm is saying, no, it's actually neither. It's neither. So with that just floating in our minds, we'll come back to these two groups as this psalm goes on. Let's read this psalm. It's only a short one, so let's, let's read it all together. 
And so it says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is at your shade, at your right hand. The the sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. What a promise. Church, let's pray at this point, and then we'll dig in. Father, this morning, we thank you for these amazing promises in your word. Father, I pray that as we open your word this morning, you will give fresh vision. You will give fresh revelation. Teach us a bit more about who you are, how you love, and how you want to be our help, Lord God. Lord, it's foolish of us to say we can help ourselves, Lord God. This psalm puts it out there front and center. You are our help. God, I pray that today we will stop striving. We will stop looking of ways of getting in or out of situations, Lord, and realize you are the one in control. Father, would you speak comfort to any heart this morning that is troubled? And I just pray your blessing upon this time. Give me your anointing to deliver your word to your people today. In your precious name, amen. Psalm 121. This is known as the traveler's psalm sometimes or the soldier's psalm. There's a lot to be said about our doing and our coming and our going. You know, at a glance, it's just filled with hope, isn't it? From go to woe you know, talking about how God is our, our, our help and he's, you know, he won't, he's watching over us and all that kind of stuff. But hidden within there, kind of subtly, there's a lot to be said about our battles as well. And if you glance at it, you're probably not going to pick it up. But from start to finish, not only is it filled with hope, but we're also, the psalmist acknowledges there are battles, there are storms, there are things we face in life, but it's subtle. And I wonder, it seems like the psalmist is very assured of God's protection, very assured that God is over the circumstances. And church, my prayer this morning is that as we hear this, this might become our song, that we will say, yes, the problems are real, but God's bigger, God's greater. God is capable of being the help he promises to be in his word. So a few things we want to pick up from this this morning, this there's a series of questions. The first question is the really big one. Where does my help come from? And then he will flesh out a bit more what that means. So let's, let's talk about that first. Cause that's the very first thing he asks, where does my help come from? What you'll notice is the questions get asked kind of rapid fire and the answers are given before you have a chance to kind of feel sorry for yourself, before you have a chance to really stress about what is the answer. He gives it to us before we can even think. So he asks the question, verse one, where does my help come from? I want you to notice the posture. And and this verse is very familiar. You know, I lift up my eyes. The first thing there, and I think many people, Christian or not, would probably agree. It's good to take yourself away from a situation from time to time. It's good to look away from the battle, even just for a moment to see there's a bigger picture. 
you know, when you're facing a situation, when you're in a struggle, it's very easy for all you see is what's immediately before you. And there's a very real need to lift up from that natural posture and just look up, look around, look to what the bigger picture really is. I remember years ago, I think it was our first wedding anniversary, Cheryl and I flew to Queensland and I hadn't flown much at that point in my life. And I was fascinated with the, um, the infotainment screen in front of me. And while all the movies and all that disappeared, I remember the map was on the screen and it would tell us how far we're into the journey and how high we were. And I remember we flew from Sydney to Queensland and it was, it was a horrible day in Sydney. It was gray. It was yuck. It was really dark. And it looked like it was going to rain and whatever. But as the plane gets to about two, three kilometers above the surface, the clouds disappear. You see this sea of white beneath you and it's just blue as far as the eye can see. And I remember thinking on that plane, I thought of this Psalm because we have our eyes on the clouds. We have our eyes in the circumstance. But if we just look up, this, beyond the clouds, the sky is still blue. The sun is still there. God is still in charge. So I think there's something to be said about lifting our eyes to look for the bigger picture, to see what God is up to. Why is this battle there? Lift your eyes up. God may well, even at that point, really assure you and con- that he is in control. But I think there's something more going on than just simply lifting our gaze. Because let's consider this. Where is this psalm taking place? Where was this being written? Well, this was in Israel. And the mountains more than likely were Jerusalem. That was the area where most of this was evolving at the time. Now, those of you who know your geography and your history, what's the high point of Jerusalem? What's the mountain? What's the highest point in Jerusalem? Isn't it the Temple Mount? Isn't it where the temple is? And so I wonder, is the psalmist actually saying something very deep and profound here? I lift my eyes to the mountains. I lift my eyes maybe to the temple. I lift my eyes to where God is. He's looking to the presence of God to be his help. I think we understand God being our deliverer and those kind of things, but considering his presence as our help, that's huge. That's massive because again, if you're in that one of those two groups, again, the why me's or the it's me's, you might think God needs to show himself. God needs to show his power somehow, or God needs to give me the solution to that problem. But if you're, if you're neither of those and you're really looking to just trust God, his presence is going to be enough. His presence is going to be what you're after. If you get to know God, if you get to seek after him, spend time with him, His presence is so much greater than anything he can give you. His presence will be more than you could ask or think. His presence and his protection. This is what I believe the psalmist is trying to draw our attention to. It is his presence that guides us through the storms of life, the battles that we face. And I don't know about you, but I want to know God's on my side. I don't enjoy the battles, but I would rather face them knowing God's with me. I'd rather face them knowing I'm not on my own. So where does my help come from? I believe the answer is it's the presence and the protection of God. And then the psalmist goes on and asks three more questions, which again, he doesn't waste any time on. He goes straight to the answer. So let's, let's do the same. Let's go straight in. The first question he asks is in verse three. He says, what if I slip? What if I fall? What if I stumble? And without getting depressed on the answer, 
he doesn't let you get there. He says, you will not, he will not let your foot slip. Or I think the King James says, he will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. And that's the key. God keeps our feet planted because of who he is. He never sleeps. He's always watching over his children. He never takes his eye off us. You contrast this to Elijah's encounter with the prophets of Baal, you know, on Mount Carmel when they Elijah called fire down from heaven and the prophets are wailing and pleading with their God to do the same. And Elijah's just taunting them. He's like, guys, what's, what's taking your God so long? Is he, is he on the toilet? Is he asleep? Where is he? Where's your God? Come on. Thankfully, we can't say that about our God. Our God never takes a break. Our God never takes a moment to take his eyes onto something else. He's always watching you. He's always watching me. Jesus assured us that his eye was on the flowers. His eye was on the sparrows. His eye was on the littlest things. Don't you think he can't take care of you? He'll make sure that your feet don't stumble. He enables us to stand. He enables us to not be shaken when the world is crumbling all around us. When people are wondering, are we going to go to war? Is COVID going to be with us forever? All the problems that we might face is our debt piling up. God says, no, your feet won't stumble. You're standing. And by the way, we're standing on Jesus. We're standing on grace. We're standing on the gospel. We have a rock solid foundation. We, we've been talking a lot in the previous series about, you know, the peace of God and knowing God in his full. You can't have the peace of God without understanding that God will not let you go. The more you have the revelation that God is watching you, God is the beneath you, God is under your feet, you're going to have the peace of God in your battles. When things are causing you to slip and slide, when the bills aren't going away, when it looks like there's no way around this situation, your feet don't have to stumble because you've got a God who loves you and watches over you always. So that's the first question he asks. What if I slip? What if I fall? The next question that he asks is, well, what about the storms of life? What about the battles that we face? What about the hassles? And again, he doesn't waste any moment. He says, the Lord watches over you in verse five. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand hand. The Lord is your shade. The Lord is your shelter. The Lord is your shadow. I think of, you know, the other Psalms, the Lord is, we're in the shadow of his wings or we're in the shadow of the almighty. We're protected, you know, like the, and Jesus talked about, like he wants to gather us like a mother hen gathering us underneath his wings. This is the heart of God to be our shelter and our shield. It's better than a captain America shield. Let me tell you. God's shield over us. It's amazing. He wants to see other, we, we cry out again, the why me's, the it's me's, we cry out for no battles. God doesn't promise that. We do go through the storm, but he holds our hand in the storm. And we've seen it over and over again in his word. And we've seen it throughout history. Noah didn't miss the flood. God floated him above the flood. The, the three in the fiery furnace, they didn't escape. They, they weren't spared the furnace, but there was another in the fire. The Moses going through the desert, they had to face their battles, but God was with them by cloud and by fire. 
which by the way, speaks to verse six, where it talks about the sun will not harm you nor the moon. Well, in Israel, they saw that literally. The cloud shielded them from the heat of the sun and the, the, the fire kept them cool in the dead of night. It kept them warm in the dead of night. Even in that simple way, God shows us there's nothing in the day. There's nothing in the night. God is our shield. He's our shade. He's our shelter. There's nothing that can be thrown at us that God can't overcome. And you know, church, the ultimate fulfillment of this was in Jesus. The ultimate fulfillment of God being our shelter was from the wrath of Father God, the holy, just wrath of God. And yet Jesus, hanging on the cross, acted as our shield from the wrath that we deserved. He is our shield. What if the storms come? He will be our shade. He will be our shelter. And then the third question that comes up in this psalm, what if harm comes my way? What if I'm faced with evil? That word harm there is evil, uh, exceeding calamity, affliction, wickedness. It's a, it's a loaded word. What if these things come at me? So do you see that this psalm doesn't gloss over the evils? It's just telling us that God is bigger. God is greater. So what? let's answer this one. What if harm comes my way? But the psalmist tells us the Lord will keep us. The Lord will watch us. Listen to this. Three times he says, the Lord will keep you from all harm. Verse seven, he will keep, he will watch over your life. And then verse eight, the Lord will watch over your coming and your going. Three times he's repeating there in just that short phrase. In fact, every time you see the word keep, watch, preserve. It's the same Hebrew word. Six times it appears in this little psalm, this tiny little psalm. It's like, God wants to keep you. God wants to keep you. God wants to keep you. Are you getting the message? God wants to keep you. He will be your watch. He will be your guide. He will be your guardian. He promises even to the extent of our coming and our going. So not even when we're stationary, but as we go about the day, as we go about our lives, God is with us. God's presence goes with us. We carry him with us. What an amazing God. And see, I, I want to know that God's on my side. I want to know that God promises to be my protection, that God promises to be with me. And church, all through the New Testament, we know that he will keep us, he will preserve us, he will save us right to the day when we see him face to face, right to the day when we are before our maker with unveiled face and we see him for the beautiful God that he is. Right up until that day, he will protect us from harm. He will protect us from evil. There is nothing the devil can touch us with. Now, you might read that psalm and you might say, but Andrew, that is not my experience. That's not the way that I understood this. And that's not the way it's working out for me. I am facing battle after battle after battle. I don't feel like God is protecting me from danger. I don't feel like God has stopped me from suffering. Now, I'm going to say this lovingly and carefully. I would say for a lot of us, that's a bit of a harsh critique on God because as much as yes, there are battles to face, we never know just how much God is really protecting us. We never know just how big a deal 
it, how much worse it could have got. God's grace is there around us every moment we live. And see, while we might have suffered this much, it could have been this much without God. But having said that, I'm not going to suggest to you, I'm not going to suggest to you that bad things can't happen to those who love him. I'm not going to suggest to you that our actions don't have consequences. I'm not going to suggest that we, we get out of jail. We don't always get out of jail. You know, Paul, Peter, the apostles, none of them, they all faced things for their faith. I'm not suggesting to you it is going to be easy. And this psalm doesn't suggest that either, but it's precisely why God is our rescue. It doesn't say God is our detour. It doesn't say God is our bypass. It says that God is our help. God is our keeper. And you see, church, I mean, it doesn't mean that car accidents won't get us. It doesn't mean that cancer won't get us. It doesn't mean that we'll be completely safe from COVID. I mean, we're facing this COVID battle right now. Everyone's frightened. Businesses have gone to the wall. This virus is spreading right across Sydney as we speak today. We're living this in our house right now. I'm married to a nurse who works in a hospital that is dealing with COVID every single day. It makes us nervous. I mean, you know, is she going to be safe? Are my kids going to be safe? Are we going to be all right? But we've got to trust God. We've got to trust God that he is loving and he will keep us. He will hold us because in general, we have seen a pattern of God's faithfulness again and again and again throughout history. Doesn't mean no evils happen completely. We can't eradicate it in a fallen world, but we know that he protects the ones he loves. But even more than his protection, and I hope you're getting this this morning, his presence is what he promises to go with us. And even even if we are facing the most challenging situation and we can't see a way out, God never leaves. God never forsakes. We have a loving God who delights to be with us, even in our affliction. He promises now and forevermore, here to eternity, he will never leave. And you see, church, that second group, the it's me group, that's facing, a, you know, may never face affliction because they found ways to pad the journey, to make the crooked places straight, to pull down the mountains and to make it an easy trip for themselves. Maybe they're living their best life now, doing things in their own strength. I just humbly ask the question, if you're living your best life now, where's the hope for eternity? And where's the trust building? Like I said before, we don't need God's peace. We don't need God's strength. We don't need God's help when things are going well. And when that happens, we tend to look to ourselves and God's saying, I don't want to not bless you. I just want you to know that your help comes from me. Your help comes from me. The keeping power is with me. So look to me, look to heaven. Church, would you rather a smooth passage through life? knowing that you'll never face a battle, but also knowing that you could have had the presence of God. You could have had eternity. And instead of being focused on the, the eternal, you're focused on the infinitesimal life that we have. Would you rather that? Or would you rather face the storms and face the battles knowing God is on your side, knowing that God goes before, he goes behind, he's to the left, he's to the right, he is with us. Which would you rather? You know, church, you couldn't give me a billion dollars a day for the rest of my life if I didn't have God. I wouldn't want it. 
I want nothing to do with it because God's presence, God's fullness, God's glory, it's worth a million times more than the world can offer us. Yeah, I don't enjoy suffering. I don't enjoy battle, but I enjoy his presence. I enjoy walking with my father. I enjoy walking with my keeper, the one who wants to keep, the one who wants to ensure my feet don't stumble, the one who wants to ensure that he will be my shelter, he will be my shield, the one who is promising to keep me from all harm. Because, you know, church, if worse came to worst, if in fact we did find that something got us in this life, there was that car accident. There was that cancer. Maybe it was COVID or maybe the bills piled up and we struggled for the rest of our days. Whatever it is, we know that God promises to protect us through to eternity. And again, the life that's infinitesimally this small that we waste so much energy on and so much worry for. I mean, Jesus said, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Not just because God's got it, but because it, it's, it's like this compared to eternity. It's so small. And if that life didn't quite work out the way I wanted it to, but I followed God, I've got his presence with me. He promises to take us through to eternity where nothing can touch us where the ultimate fulfillment of this scripture, no evil will harm us there. No more crying, no more pain, no more disease, no more dying, no more sickness, no more hunger. We will just be presented blameless before our father and we will enjoy him for eternity. We'll enjoy him for however long that is. That to me is the great incentive. I don't, I don't delight in the sufferings, but I'll tell you this. I'd rather go through them with God on my side. He is my keeper. He doesn't prevent me from going through the storms, but when the, I go through the storms, he will keep my feet from stumbling. He doesn't stop me necessarily from going through the fire, but he will be my shield when that day arrives. And if harm does come, I know that I'm safest in his hands, whether that's now or whether that's in eternity. Church, what a promise. What a promise. I'm going to wind this up in just a minute, but listen to this quote from uh, theologian uh, McLaren. He says this, the psalmist is so absorbed in the thought of his keeper that he barely names his dangers. And we said that before, didn't we? That, you know, he, he talks about them, but he wants to spend more time telling us God is our keeper. God is our strength. And he goes on with happy assurance of protection. He says over and over again, the one word, which is like his amulet against foes and fears, like a, like a lucky charm or something, except we know it's not luck. Six times in these few verses, does the thought recur that Jehovah is the keeper of Israel or the keeper of the single soul? Six times, I said before, six times he says, God is your keeper. God is your keeper. God is your keeper. God is your keeper. The Jews didn't have bold type or exclamation marks. This is what they said. They repeated it until we got the message. God is our keeper. Life's not going to be a bed of roses. Life's not always going to be easy, but we have one who's with us, who makes it bearable and who teaches us and grows us and shapes us through the trial. I want to walk with a God that loves me like that. I want to have a, 
attitude like the psalmist who, yes, the problems are real, but I'm going to focus up. I'm going to focus on the God who is my keeper. Church, is that you this morning? Would you, do you see that as, as we, again, as we look back on the year that's been and look forward to the year that's coming, have we seen where we've fallen down in this? We focus too much on the cloud. We focus too much on the here and now, not realizing that God is still in charge. Have we focused so much on the problem that we've forgotten that he's watching, that he's keeping us, that yes, maybe there's been a, a slight hiccup, but it could have been so much worse without God. Have we been thankful for him in doing that? And can we maybe look forward to the year ahead and realize that God really, all he wants is to know that he is our source. He knows he's our source. He wants us to know that he is our source and we will not find it. Not like the it's me group that we won't find it in our strength and in our abilities and our wealth and whatever, or like the it's, it's the why me group that's saying, why me, God? Why me? Instead, being at peace with wherever God takes us because his presence, his protection will give us that peace. That's worth more than anything you or I could ever ask or think. Church, I want to pray with you. And uh, again, just want to encourage you that if that's been you, either of those, that's been you in the year past, today's a new day. It's never too late to make God once again the center of your focus, to realize that, yes, he is my keeper. He is my shepherd. He is the one who loves my soul. Let's pray. Father God, this morning, we thank you that you are the keeper of our souls. You are our help. Father, you are the one that helps. We don't find help in the stock exchange. We don't find help in our, our money or our success or prestige, Lord God. We find our help in the maker of heaven and earth. Lord God, we are facing battles right now. We are facing COVID struggles and we're facing other things, Lord, that are probably unspoken. Father, I pray that you would come and intervene in those situations. But Lord, at the same time, Help us realize that your presence is the greatest help we could ever ask for, Lord. Because, Lord, whether you deliver or whether you don't, Lord God, when you are with us, we can face anything. Father, I pray that those of us facing trials, you would cause us to grow. But, Lord, I do pray there would be relief. But whatever happens, God, would you be with that son or daughter today? Lord, I pray for repentance even today. If we have... Um, Lord, just assumed that you're going to do it and gotten disillusioned, disappointment. I pray for a renewed focus this morning. I prayed for, Lord, as we go forward into the next year, Lord God, as we go forward into this next ministry period in the life of our church and in our individual lives, God, that we would see that our help comes from the Lord. We would see that you indeed are the one that stops our feet from stumbling. You are the one that shields us in the fire and in the rain. You are the one that shields from the wrath of God. And you are the one, Lord, that will ultimately protect us all the way to heaven, Lord. Lord, I pray for encouragement for any heart this morning. I pray for strength for any heart this morning that is struggling, Lord. I pray you challenge us with this word. Commit it to our hearts, Lord. We don't want to go another day thinking we have it under our control. We just want to know, Lord, that 
we want you to know that we choose to trust you. We choose, Lord, this day to say you are our help. And Lord God, it's not going to come from any other source. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.